Hello, listeners. Um, just a quick note. This episode does contain spoilers for the Marvel movies up to Infinity War, and it spoils Suicide Squad, Batman vs. Superman. And that is it. But if you haven't watched those movies, first, get on that. And second, you probably don't want to listen to this episode. Hello. Hey, everyone. Hi. Um. So just tell us. Uh, Tell me about yourself, just like a quick summary for all the listeners and stuff. All right. My name is Robert. Uh, let's see. Been a broadcast professional for almost 20 years now. Uh, married, no kids, three cats, uh, overall nerd in a lot of different things. So all sorts of things. <laughs> what, else, what else you want to know? <laughs> um. No, that's perfect. Today, um, we're going to be discussing Marvel. And just like the movies, different characters that we like, some theories that we have for the Marvel Universe, and just, you know, having fun. All right. Sounds good. Awesome. So I guess my first question is, like, what was your, what's your favorite Marvel movie? Uh, let's see. Favorite Marvel movie would have to be the first Iron Man movie because that's the catalyst that really launched it all. If that movie had bombed, they wouldn't have been doing anything else past that, really. And they really nailed the casting and the storytelling there. Yeah. And um, so this episode is going to contain spoilers just for the listeners to know. Um, so if you don't, if you haven't watched... Some of the Marvel movies, like Endgame and Infinity War, you probably won't want to watch. I okay, but, but let's be real. After 22 movies, if you haven't seen them, shame on you. Get to work. Everybody's <laughs> in lockdown. Just They're on Disney+. Plus. They're on Netflix and Amazon. Just go watch them. I agree with you, actually. Like I'm telling you. Yeah. Um, I was so disappointed when um, Tony like died I oh no nah, i saw that coming i understand the sacrifice and stuff but he is a kid now so that so i just felt like you could have chosen what about captain marvel <laughs> literally oh okay, so i have a huge gripe with marvel over captain marvel because okay now the character or the casting the character in itself, and the movie wasn't even that good. Yes, the movie was. But what's it's your just... problem with Captain Marvel? I want to know. It's honestly like she just seems like a useless character in the movies. Okay, well, there's a reason for that, and if you if you've ever read the Captain Marvel comics and everything, basically, she's the Marvel equivalent to the Superman problem that DC Comics has, which is <laughs> when. When you have a hero who is so powerful, how do you really get anything to compete with them? That's true. That's true. That's a good point. But, like, I was really let down because 
this was Marvel's first female like led superhero movie. And the way that it it just bombed. Well, the I numbers mean, said it did well, but in terms oh, of fan reaction, yeah, it was terrible. Oh, oh yeah, they did any Marvel movie is going to do amazing just because that's the brands of Marvel. That's true. Even the movies that aren't even that good. But like from a fan's perspective, that was a really bad movie. No no shame on Brie Larson. She's an amazing actress. But uh-huh. just that movie, it just seemed unnecessary. I don't it know. Was- I've got to kind of disagree with you on the Brie Larson being an amazing actress. I will say her resting bitch face is on point though. <laughs> She has zero personality and anything I've ever seen her in. She's been the same person who takes himself entirely too seriously, has this look on her face where she can't really, it seems like she's not enjoying anything that she's doing. And then you get her away from acting and you listen to how she talks and the things she talks about. And she is just an ill-informed idiot in my opinion. But I don't um, know. Honestly, she's, I don't really have a strong opinion, but when I was younger, I did watch her in a couple of movies, like 13 Going on 30. She was in, in, she was in, in 21 Jump Street. She was in... Oh, I, I, you know, it's funny you mentioned that movie. That was actually on TV just a little while ago before I, I connected on here, and... Yeah, she was okay in it, but she was playing a high school kid. I mean, who again? And she was in high school. I don't know. know, Taking yourself entirely too seriously. That's true, but I mean, you have to take yourself a little seriously when you're part of this huge franchise like Marvel is. Oh, absolutely. See, I think the biggest problem with Captain Marvel, the movie, was that they focused so much on it being in the 90s. And anybody who is older... um, they can look at that film and they can say, okay, this is supposed to be 1994 or 95. Well, that song didn't come out till 96. That stuff is definitely predated this film. This is, this came out afterwards. So everybody's picking apart all the nineties references that aren't right. And then when you spend all all that time on the de-aging and the CGI, that, that did, uh, that made a lot of people mad as well. Also, what I didn't like about it was, like, it only appeals to really, like, people from that generation, too. Because for all a bunch of Marvel movies, I guess for me, personally, because, like, I didn't understand many of the references because I'm, I didn't grow up during that time. And it was like, oh, you're making this reference, but I don't know what that is and i don't know what you mean by it and it just seemed like so many forced references and like give me give me an example of one i'm kind i'm kind of curious like her basically falling into a blockbuster okay first of all that just i mean i thought it was kind of funny cuz i do vaguely remember you I vaguely remember vaguely blockbusters remember. The blockbuster from when I was really, really small. Oh, man. You haven't lived until you have uh, had a blockbuster membership card and then never return a video and then actually go in and try to rent another one and they tell you no. And then they find out you find out how much you owe and you're just thinking, nah, I'll just find something else. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. 
trust me it, it uh, i grew up I, that that that's my era unfortunately i was born in the 80s lived through the 90s so that movie it spoke to me but it spoke to me in all the wrong ways because everything was wrong yeah and honestly i think think the funniest part of the movie was the cat which i think isn't really saying much the flirkin that took away fury's eye is that what it was called? Because I didn't know. Yeah, what I it think was it was a flurkin. Like they just threw all this information at us all at once. That I thought, like, oh, this guy, he's evil now. Oh, and these guys, they're actually running away. Oh yeah, and this guy, he has a kid. Oh yeah, yeah it, and this one, he's also married. So they threw in a lot of information for an origin story. They threw in a lot of information to digest. And I, I found it really weird that that's how they went about it. I would have gone a bit more uh, with the origin story. I would have gone a bit more into detail without bringing it back to earth. So, mm-hmm. But at the same time, where are you really going to fight the story? You know, have your story unfold it for was her to find like- out who she is and everything. Yeah, I just thought it was super overwhelming, like, the amount of information that was being thrown at us in, like, the shorter runtime that it had. Because, like, for for the Iron Man series, like, you understood his character and you could see character growth. But honestly, I couldn't see any character growth at all. And even... Oh, there wasn't any. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I'm not the only person who thinks that. Because I'm just like... Her entire character growth in that movie went from, oh, I'm just this person to, oh, all of a sudden I'm human, but I've been endowed with all the, with this Kree stuff. Oh, okay. This is great. And then her next appearance, her only character growth was, hey, I got a haircut. Isn't it great? Look at my hair. (laughs) Exactly. That was it. I was like, you got a haircut. Is anyone going to acknowledge that? And or care. She was oh no, they a... acknowledged it. I mean, even Ro- even Rocket acknowledged it. Uh, yeah, but I, nobody cared. I thought it was funny because Rocket basically pointed out how useless she was. And like, exactly. When are we going to see you again? You're going to get another haircut? Like, I don't know. Exactly. Think... Exactly right. <laughs> see, I, I would... think Marvel has done a much better job in growing and making you rally behind Black Widow. Yeah. A support character is more popular and has bettered character development than a main Marvel hero. Mm -hmm. Think about that. And Black Widow, like, she's just objectively a way more interesting character than Captain Marvel is. Like, yes. This is like, you have to really understand, like, the psycho, just even the psychological idea of her actually being in this kind of like academy where they were trained as assassins since like they were babies and sterilized. So should they, sterilized. they couldn't have babies. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just such an interesting thing. And I think Scarlett Johansson, she plays that role beautifully. I honestly think. Like, oh I mean, yeah. Yeah. And I thought that was amazing. And and I'm I so pissed. I'm so pissed about COVID nineteen because that movie was scheduled to come out next month. I was so geeked and ready for the Black Widow solo movie where she is the focus, and we're gonna have to wait till 
probably November to see it. Roll so credits. mad. So mad. Because now your podcast is called Geeked. And you said I'm so <laughs> geeked for oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was so annoyed too. I was like, I really was psyched for that movie because I was like, whoa, this looks badass. This looks dope. Yeah, let's go see it. But now with this <sighs> gonna have to wait because yep. they're because just like Wonder Woman with DC, they are not gonna release it where you can stream it at home and pay for it. No, 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 no. We want you to come to the theaters. So we're going to make sure that we wait until this all whole thing passes so we can get your butt in a seat instead of letting you watch it from the comfort of your couch. But I wonder if Disney is going to do that because um, they weren't planning on releasing Frozen 2 um, into the general public on the streaming service. But then they decide, you know, we're going to do this. Well, on on your streaming service, that's one thing. I mean, because that that movie had already had its theatrical run. Oh, yeah. This one, with it still being due to release, they're gonna make you wait. They they, they might, would make you wait. They might charge because, I mean, I was looking on. So I have an on demand service where it's like you can pay for movies that are in theaters. And this yep. is since quarantine and stuff, but they're like twenty bucks to watch. Oh yeah, yeah. They're they're gonna make sure that they get their money one way or another. That's insane. I just feel like that's such not a cop. Yeah, it's cop out. <laughs> well, they figure, you know, you're going to spend about 20 bucks to go see this movie anyway, so we're just going to charge you that. Yeah. Ugh. Never mind the uh the, you know, the overpriced candy and popcorn. Oh my gosh. I've actually rare I've bought candy and popcorn, well, candy like maybe once from the theaters cuz it's usually like we're not going to get candy from there. It's way too expensive. Just put things in my purse. Yes. Yes. That That is it's a like, time-honored tradition. Yes. See, I was stupid back on back at Christmas time. Uh, I took my mother to go see Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. I'm which, shocked. Which I definitely could have lived the rest of my life without ever seeing that movie. But let's see it was 30 dollars. it was 20 dollars, 25 dollars for the tickets and then we had it was 25 dollars for the something tickets. like something like that yeah because it oh, was you know the big fancy the imax yeah oh yeah okay. uh then it was 30 dollars for drinks which these amcs you know we, we're gonna serve you alcohol yeah d- don't do it because it's just too expensive uh 30 dollars for two drinks then we bought soda and candy and, and popcorn. And then I think at the end of the night, when I looked at just how much I had spent, it was $75, $80 just for the two of us to go see this movie. Yeah. Movies are just like, and I didn't enjoy it and I did not even enjoy it. I know I was disappointed. I, I mean, I don't really like Star Wars in general. It's but okay. <laughs> I could hear I didn't even have to see your face, but I could hear you internally dying oh, when yes. I said that. Yeah. Oh, I mean. Because your first message was like, oh, I'm an avid Star Wars slash Tire Trek person. Oh, uh, and I'm like. Oh, I'm just like, you know, uh, anything nerdy and geeky, I- I'm there. Yeah, definitely. For, I just, I didn't like how the fa- I think what's really gotten into my head more than anything is the fact that they don't go in order. 
Oh, they they went in perfect order. What are you talking about? Four, <laughs> five, six, one, two, three, seven, eight, nine. It was perfect. No, it was just like, oh, I couldn't do deal with that. Like, I don't know what stopped me, but I just could not deal with being. It's like one five. Oh, now we're in Tatooine. Now we're in another area, and it's like. I'm not here to memorize all these words that you're making up. I'm hey, here. Nobody Jeez. ever accused George Lucas of being a good storyteller, okay? Nobody ever accused him of that. <laughs> so it's okay. That's fair. I, we understand. That's fair. Yeah, um, but I'm actually really bummed though, too, because not only are they postponing a lot of shooting, like the Marvel shooting, but they're also postponing a bunch of like Disney TV shows of like you know, there was going to be a Loki TV show. There was going to be a Vision TV show on Disney Plus. Yep. You know, that, right? Yeah. Okay. Just making sure. Because honestly, I related to Loki on a very. I don't know. I just thought his character was such an interesting character. And it'd be so interesting to have, like, even just an interesting standalone movie of him. Oh yeah, absolutely. Cause and I, th- and I thought the TV show was the good was the good way to go for him, rather than a f- full blown movie. I thought the TV show on Disney Plus was a good idea. Oh yeah, I was thinking that too. But and I'm, I'm just disappointed because you know Disney owns everything, and they're essentially a monopoly. Even though if you're not, <laughs> if you like, can't know, beat them, buy them. I know illegally. I know legally. I know monopolies are sorry. Monopolies are illegal, but. They're technically speaking, they're basically a monopoly. They are like, the 600-pound gorilla in the room that if you're going to compete yeah. against them, you better have a really good idea, really good property. and Then they'll buy you out. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, this, we've seen it happen time and time again with Pixar, Pixar. LucasArts, Marvel, and Warner. basically uh, they haven't bought Warner yet. They bought Fox. Oh, Warner Brothers still stands apart right as of now, but we'll see how long that lasts. Their last big hit was their last huge hit for Warner Bros. Wasn't it like Harry Potter, their last huge hit? I thought that was Universal. Was it? Might be. I don't know. I feel like it was Warner Bros. because I don't, I distinctly remember the logo like flip. Okay, let me. I'm gonna. Now they did have Wonder Woman, in all the oh. DC movies. Well, that's true. That's true. DC is pretty profitable. Like DC they can be. and, huh? They can be. I mean, a lot of their they... movies have sucked. Agreed. Like Suicide Squad. I know people were super disappointed by about how. I've talked to a couple of people who are really into DC movies, and I was like, so what do you guys think about Suicide Squad? And they're just like, we don't talk about that movie. (laughs) (laughs) All right, real quick for you. Uh, So you you were right. Okay. So, and about Suicide Squad, yeah, everybody was disappointed because – you made the trailer, you made the teasers, you made the commercials, you made everything all about the Joker. And we saw maybe 10 minutes of the Joker. And then when we saw the Joker, 
he was terrible. Jared Leto and his jo- method Jared Leto and his method acting was terrible. Just terrible for that role. And yeah. there's a reason that he was not invited back for the Joaquin Phoenix movie or uh, the 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 new incarnation of Suicide Squad, which is going to be rebooted after one failed attempt. Uh, when it comes to any of the DC movies, they can't seem to find a cohesive message and a cohesive uh, look to making it like Marvel has. Green Lantern back in 2011 was... I didn't think it was too bad. I didn't think it was great. I didn't think it was terrible, but it was, you know, a, a bomb. Uh, Man <laughs> of Steel, I hated. Batman v Superman, what in the world was I even watching? The only saving it. grace of that movie was Wonder Woman. I thought there was going to be a huge epic fight scene, but it's like an hour of just talking. And then they stop fighting. Like, they literally stop fighting because the save one guy says, like, Martha! Maria or something. What did you say that name? Why did you say Martha? What? It's, her, it's his mother's name. Oh, my mother's name is Martha, too. Did we just become best friends? Oh. Yeah, we did. Oh, God. Shoot me. It, it was, was terrible. Like, who cares that your parent mother... That's a very common name. Yeah, from the from the time that those comics originated, yeah, Martha was a very common woman. Yeah, name. I know. That's that's my point. It's like... It, I, just, I just felt like at the end of it, it was like, I just wasted an hour of my life. Wasted more than that. Get that back. Exactly. You need. I, I should sue you guys. You just wasted an hour of my life. I I am so glad that I did not pay to see those in theaters. Me because either. I yeah, said, I, you know, until I know that they make a good movie, I'm not willing to pay for it. I'm so glad that I waited till HBO or some other streaming service had those movies so I could watch them. Oh, I could not stand it. I hated the fact that Superman is like dark and brooding and he's got all these emotional problems. And the only person he seems interested in saving is Lois Lane. The Lois Lane in these movies is terrible. She is not convincing at all. I do not look at Amy Adams and say, you know what? She looks like a Pulitzer award winning reporter for a newspaper. I don't see that at all. So, you know, then in Batman versus Superman, the big thing that they did, they killed Jimmy Olsen, one of the biggest supporting characters of that entire franchise, and they didn't even say the guy's name. It hurt. It hurt old people like me. <laughs> um, Speaking of bad movies, All right. what did you think about the entire Ant-Man movies. Like, the newest movie, I've never seen it. Ant-Man and the Wasp. But I've heard really bad things about it. What are you talking about? That movie is fun. It's good. It's funny? Yeah. I mean, It has uh, Walter Goggins from, uh, who is best known as being Boyd Crowder from Justified. It's got, you know, he's, they've got, they brought back the friend Louise who does all the storytelling, which when he tells a story, it's awesome. Every movie should be narrated by that guy. And it was a it was a fun movie. Did it now? Did it hold up to the first Ant Man? No. Do sequels ever hold up to the original? No. Sometimes. Name one. 
Exactly. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. What about Iron Man? Iron Man was so good. I loved all the Iron Mans. But Iron Man 2 didn't hold up to the first one. He spent more time as regular man and not not enough time as Iron Man. And well, then, yeah, he was, that was important plot. Well, he was also halfway dying, but... Uh, he, yeah, uh, that's true. We spent but, more time focusing on that than anything else. And then this well, guy from Russia. Important plot, wasn't it? I mean... What about Captain America Civil War? I loved that movie. That's one of my favorite movies. Civil War was okay. I the The biggest problem that I had with that one was this whole... Let's give audiences this hint that Cap and Bucky are gay or something. This really tight, this really tight bromance that developed in that movie, I found really weird. What romance? They literally said, "He's my friend, and I'm with you to the end of the line" because they're war buddies. But did you not feel the internet reaction afterwards? I mean, everybody I was understand. like making the drawings of them being a couple and everything. Yes, I, I know, I know. I try to steer away from that. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I mean, <clears throat> I, 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 but I do know what you're talking about. Like. It's like rule 34. Yes. If it's on the internet, it's going yeah. Yeah. If if it's on the internet, there's a porn of it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say that, but I wasn't sure. Uh I mean, and that's uh, with that movie, I mean, I didn't like the fact that you know that uh, Cap basically turned his back on on Tony. I mean, he he knew the entire time about Bucky and Tony's parents and he didn't he didn't even have the guts to tell Tony straight up. He lets Tony yeah. find out. Then he st- then he stands up for Bucky. I get he's your friend and everything, but, but man, come on, a wrong is a wrong. At, I know, but you have to also look at like Bucky was brainwashed. Yeah, I mean, it, like, and like I said, if you had t- if you had talked to Tony beforehand, if you had been oh, able yeah, to just talk, talk this out, rational about it. Yeah, but here you are coming back. Okay, so. I understand that about you saying like, oh, they were so close in this movie. And yeah, what I was so pissed about in like the last um, Endgame, in Endgame, yeah, in, is that he didn't give the shield to Bucky. I know that you're they're trying to like follow the comments and blah comics and blah blah blah, but it's like they didn't set up that relationship of like the amount of trust Steve would have had to give the shield to Falcon like they didn't set I felt like they didn't set that up enough in any of the movies before like okay so you gave the shield to him and unless I read the comics I probably won't understand why you gave that to him why didn't you give that to Bucky? Why did you leave Bucky behind? Because it was just such... It was like, oh, well, these are best friends that will never leave each other behind. Psych! He actually tried and travels and stays in the past so he can grow old with his lover. Yeah, which... That that was another thing that a lot of people found really kind of upsetting was the fact that Bucky Barnes didn't get the shield because there was a time where Bucky Barnes was... Captain America. Oh. In the in the comic books. Yeah, way back back in the day. So you had Bucky Barnes that took that took the mantle for a little while. Uh and then he uh now his costume was laced with adamantium. 
Uh, he may not have actually carried a shield, but it was just more like the symbolic, the the symbolism of it. Now, of course, Falcon does become Captain America as well. So they had to, I guess they kind of had to pick one. And if you look at the way that phase four is supposed to be shaking out, Marvel, Marvel and Disney have been wanting to move in a more diversity friendly way. So they're looking yeah. for all the different little plot points that they can move in that general direction. I mean, Jane Foster can become mm. Thor. Okay, mm. come on. So Falcon Please is Captain America. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, it's a shame. I, I, I don't believe Natalie Portman as Thor. Okay, I'm not going to believe it. So hopefully the director who di also did Thor Ragnarok will make me believe in this transition. Because he did a great job with Thor Ragnarok. That was by far the best Thor movie. I know it was a really low bar to clear to be a good Thor movie. But That's it was really a good Thor movie. I loved Dark World. I didn't like the pacing of that one. It dragged on. It, it dragged too much for me. We got to see Loki so much. The Lo Loki was definitely the high point in it. But past that, I mean, the... You know, the Cat Dennings intern who now has an intern. You make Eric Selvig go crazy and he's running around naked. I, I, I didn't. You make an unnecessary love story that's unnecessary. Exactly. But I'm that's what they why? did in Age of Ultron. They made, like, they hinted at, like, Bruce and, um, and Black Natasha. Widow. Which, yeah. you know, I, honestly, that's a, that's a, a story path I would have been willing to go down. Yeah, I would. I think everyone was so ready for it too, but when they like never mention it again. Nope. In fact, uh, when he shows up in Endgame, it's hi. They're Bruce. just like hi. Yeah, how's it going? Or when he and when he shows like, up in Infinity War. Sorry, Infinity War. It's like hey, yeah. hey. It's and all like, awkward. Cool. <laughs> But of course, everybody Glad thought that. that Clint, that that Hawkeye and Black Widow were a thing. But then you find out, oh wait, he's married with kids, living in the middle of nowhere. And you don't like. It just didn't make sense. No, it really didn't. <laughs> They're pretty notorious for that, and I think that uh, with that, you you find. This, the cross pollination with all the different directors. You have a director oh, that goes right. one way, then you have a director that decides, nope, we're gonna re retcon that, and we're gonna go back, and we're gonna do something different, because the first two Avengers movies were directed, of course, by Joss Whedon. Mm -hmm. Then he left, and then you had the Russo brothers, who had been doing the Captain America films, step in to do the next two. And I thought the Russos did great, but there were there were things that they didn't like from the other movies that they either wanted to do away with or just move on and forget all about. And that so did I. I thought the Russo, bro Russo brothers did great. Oh, I thought the, I thought the work that they did with Cap the Captain America franchise was awesome. The, fir the, the first Avenger, I thought, was... There's no such thing as a perfect movie, but I thought that one was darn near just... I perfect. It's actually pretty interesting because I did not like that movie at all. Really? Why? I don't. I don't know what I had. 
against it. It's just, I really didn't like that movie. It was just, I just thought the character wasn't really inspiring. All I could think was, okay, this, so basically what Tony said was right, that basically everything special about you came from, like, a laboratory experiment. Except his heart. not, huh? Except his heart and his uh, desire to be, to do good. It's just like it just seemed I just didn't like it. It was just <laughs> I don't know why. I just hated it. That's it I just sorry, I didn't hate it. I just didn't like it for some reason. I just didn't think it was that good. It seemed kind of cheesy. It seemed drawn out and stuff. And I just didn't like it at all. That's understandable. The thing, the things that I did like about it was the fact that they brought in, you know, they tied in the the Starks. So you had Howard and you had, oh yeah, you know, his, his whole, you know, gizmo, gizmo and gadgets and, you know, his whole, you know, military stuff going on. Then you had, so you had the foundation for Tony and how he was outlined right there with, in that movie. Then of course you had agent Carter, which with her oh, own yeah. spinoff TV show, that was really good. And then, I mean, the thing that I, the thing that I didn't care for was the fact that we had, you had red skull and you basically dispatch him right there in that movie. And you don't bring him back until infinity war. I'm thinking, Oh, red skull oh, yeah. is okay. captain America's nemesis. You, why are we not exploring Wait, really? this more? Yeah. I'm not really well versed in the comics. Neither am I, but like, like I'm that type of person that when I when I was younger, read them and got familiar with them. If you talk to me about anything from the last 10, 15 years in the comics, I would look at you with a blank stare and say, huh? Is that what, what we're doing? You, okay. <laughs> I think the reason why I didn't so I was only eight years old when this movie came out. Um and I remember watching it, and I think the reason why I didn't like it was because I was terrified of Red Skull. Okay. Well, Hugo Weaving is a scary guy. He he has played some really good villains uh, throughout his career. He was the voice of Megatron in the first in the first Transformers movies. He was. I didn't watch you know, Transformers. He was also Agent Smith in the Matrix trilogy. So. Don't watch the Matrix. Ah, see, you you need to go learn some new some old stuff. With all this uh, free time, you should watch The Matrix. Just the first one, though. <laughs> Don't watch the whole trilogy. You'll hate it by the end. Now I'm interested. I'll put it on my list of movies to watch. Exactly. Quarantine movie list. <laughs> it's actually ironic that I do actually have a quarantine movie list. You have to these days. Yeah, because I don't know how long this is going. and I mean... School's not going to be forever. And it's like, this is, there's no sign that's not going to go into summer. Nah. Uh, I mean, it's gonna, they keep pushing it back. So, I, no, whatever they say, okay, going we're going to go. I'm just going to say, okay. Yeah, it's definitely going into summer. And I mean, Sure, it's fine now because I have school and I have things to keep me distracted, but like, 
What do they want me to do? Go outside and do what? You can only walk for ever so often. Exactly. I still go to work every day. I still have to have to drive. So, yeah. Oh. yeah, because I'm essential. You are uh, something like that. Are you one of the hospital workers? No, no, no. I work in broadcasting. I'm I direct a TV show and produce a radio show. I am not any in my mind. I am nowhere near essential, but apparently That's they say not, I am. No, I'm not even saying like I'm not even saying like. Your job's not important because I'm sure it is. But all I oh no, I'm saying it's not. <laughs> yeah, I know. When you said that you were producing on like a broadcaster, all I could think was, "Wait, what? How are you essential?" Uh, because people, I was like, people still need news and information. Oh, so you do that? So that's I don't know why you can't do that from home, but ah, uh, because when you're broadcasting from an actual uh you know nationals national radio show and you're the broadcast origination point you kind of still have to show up at least until the company mm-hmm. figures out a way to let you do it from home which they probably never will yeah so that's okay so what else you got well, more, more 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 marvel which what else yeah. you got um let's see here more marvel stuff oh my gosh so, my favorite, there's a particular scene that I really like, and um, that I feel like they totally glossed over. It's not that I like it, it's just like, it was such an interesting scene that I feel like they should have showed, and it's actually a deleted scene. It was from the first Avengers movie. Okay. Um, with all everyone in it and stuff, when Loki was coming and destroying, where they mentioned where Bruce is like standing in the middle and he's like, In case you need to kill me, I know, like, I've tried to kill myself. I put a bullet in my mouth, and it's like, We really, I just felt like they just gave that line no weight or impact or time to make an impact. Yeah, everybody's just kind of looked at him, and then all of a sudden, their little alarm go- starts going off, saying, "You know, oh, uh, you know, bad guys coming. We got to get back to work." But it was like, yeah, they definitely didn't wow. let that. They they didn't let that let the impact of that really, really hit you because it was immediately, oh, hey, off to the next thing, and that's Joss Whedon. That's just how he does things. He does he. He does not do emotional impact very well. He could give you great looking cinema. He could give you a huge spectacle. But if you're looking for something that's really going to hit you in the feels, he's he's not your guy. I thought, honestly, I thought Spider-Man Far From Home did a better job of hitting you in the feels than any other Marvel movie. With the exception of Endgame with the passing of Natasha and Tony. That's true. Uh, like, I know a lot of people flacked on it, but, like, honestly, I thought you kind of realize he is just 15 years old. He is just a kid, yeah. He's still a child. Like, a couple of years ago, 
he still believed in Santa Claus. Like, it's just such a weird paradox. And they're expecting him to save the world. Like, you have to realize how old. And I just don't like how Nick treats him as, like, an adult and is like, you need to step up. And it's like. Yeah, but then you realize that's not Nick Fury. I know. That's the craziest thing. Wait, what? Sorry, say that again. I said that was the craziest thing is the fact that that wasn't even Nick Fury. Fury was up in space. That was one of the uh, the the Kree or oh, right. you know, from Captain Marvel. It was that, yeah. Those sh- shape shifting aliens. Oh yeah, are we, I was so confused about that. By the way, what? Like, what does that? mean i don't understand but the shape-shifting aliens yeah oh i mean they just have the ability to take your form and impersonate you and you know but they can't remember anything long-term memory wise they can only retain short-term memory so it's just funny while fury's in space you have a a you know a copy of them down on earth acting like he's the director you know and Boston uh, Spider-Man around, which I will say that Peter Parker needed a good, healthy push in that movie. But that movie did, like I said, did a really good job of hitting you in the feels because there were a couple of spots where I'm thinking, wow, I am actually emotionally invested in what the, what this kid's going through. And wow. You know, near the end of the movie, when he's making his suit on, one of the Stark Industries planes and Happy's like, you take care of the suit, I'll hit the music, and they play ACDC's Back in Black, which was the very first track you heard in the very first Iron Man movie. I'm thinking, oh, oh, okay. In the field! Exactly. And then he ruins it by saying, yo, I love Led Zeppelin. Uh, Yeah, but the thing is that you have, you know... I know it was funny and stuff, yeah, you got you got to mix the humor with the with the feels, and you know, right as you get as soon as you get gut punched in the feels, all of a sudden you're th- you know you want to yell at the kid for saying that's not Led Zeppelin, you twerp. That's AC Daisy. Yeah. What did you think about um the Daily Bugle at the end where Mysterio reveals his identity? Okay. I liked the fact that they brought back uh, uh, who is this? Uh, J.K. Simmons to be uh, to be Jameson. I thought that was awesome because you brought back the guy oh, yeah. who was the the head of the newspaper in the Tobey Maguire movies. The bugle, yeah, yeah, to be right there in the thick of that again. And I love the fact that they turned him into this almost like conspiracy theorist radio host, which. Anybody who pays attention to, to things like that knows exactly who they're who they're kind of pointing the finger at and laughing in that movie. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I thought did. that was great. And, but it was so because so I watched I watched when I was a little kid I watched the animated like Marvel like Spider Man and everything yeah. religiously like those were my favorite tv shows those are the shows that i was always watching and stuff and i do remember that like where he was constantly berating spider-man and like i just thought it was such an interesting call give me pictures of spider-man he's a menace he's a terror give me pictures of spider-man 
I love it. Yeah. Loved him. Uh, and, and the the actor did such a great job portraying him. And then to up to not only bring him back, but to update it where, okay, who's reading newspapers nowadays? Nobody. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there, that, there's a reason that circulation is down and they now charge you subscriptions just to access their websites. So right. to give him a, a, a video, like an online video show, I thought was great. Mm-hmm. So to give him that and, mm-hmm. and to have him still going after Spider-Man like that, I thought was perfect. Yeah, it was like so updated, but it wasn't like too updated. Yeah, it was a perfect callback and a and a perfect mm-hmm. and a perfect reboot for that character. And I hope that they bring. Yeah. Uh, whenever they get around to making Spider-Man three, I hope they have him in it, and I hope he is in the thick of things. I so out of curiosity because. We've seen many, many different Spider-Mans, and even, you know, when that whole debacle with Sony and Disney, when they had their little feud and stuff, who do you, like, in your opinion, who was the best Spider-Man? Because there was Maguire, there was... Andrew Garfield, and and then Tom Andrew Garfield, yeah, that was the kid. That was the guy, and then... Then of course Tom Holland. Uh, to me, for for me, the best one by far is Tom Holland, and the re- and there's many reasons for that. One, the writing for his the the movies have have been spot on because oh wait, they're done by Marvel <laughs> instead of that too. Ivan Reitman, who I thought you know I thought he did good with the first Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire, but then you know Spider-Man two, Spider-Man three, each of them just got progressively worse. The Amazing Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield, I thought the first one was okay, but the second one was terrible. With this one, you've had two solid movies, but at the same time, I believe Tom Holland in in terms of being as young as he's supposed to be being portrayed. Yeah, and like he looks the young, he looks the age that he's supposed to look. Exactly, and in Spider-Man, so. Andrew Andrew Garfield, also, I thought played it too moody. Tobey Maguire uh, played it too whiny. He doesn't even look like he doesn't even look like a teenager. No, none none of them did. I mean, they they cast people who were well into their late twenties to play high school kids, and none of them looked convincing. Tom Holland is convincing. Zendaya is convincing. The guy who plays Ned is convincing. Uh, the The entire cast has been convincing in terms of, oh, hey, this looks like... Your high school Exactly. Uh, in the first one, in Homecoming, they actually had more stuff happening at the school than anything else, whereas you know, in the in the previous incarnations, the, high, the school thing was almost completely an afterthought. Now, I, I will say that yeah. at least they... Uh, in the first trio of Spider-Man movies, at least they moved them on to college, but it still seemed yeah. like, yeah, you're you're too old. And when Tobey Maguire had to stop doing it because of his back, obviously, mm. obviously, you have cast a guy who was way too old. Yeah, I remember hearing about that, and I was thinking, yo, if you're casting someone who's being now like, oh, I have back issues, bruh, like. How wrong does your casting have to go that you cast someone that old to play a high schooler? And it's like, I understand that you shouldn't cast high schoolers as high schoolers because, um, actually, I don't, uh, because puberty and it's, it's hard to deal with teenagers and 
we know that fame isn't the best for teenagers and stuff. Exactly. But at least has somebody so, who's convincing looking. Mm-hmm. And Tom and Tom Holland to me fits the bill. He and, and I love the fact that now this is the uh, pervy old guy in me. I love the fact that Aunt May is not this eighty something year old woman with with the Tom Holland films. She's believable as an aunt. Yeah, I mean, that's what I thought too. Because I remember watching it and it was like, why is she so old? Yeah, wh- why is Uncle Ben and Aunt May so old? Yeah, exactly. That was always my that was my biggest issue. One of them was why are we casting super old people as aunts and uncles? Because they wouldn't really be that old if this guy is really just in high school. Yeah, that's what I thought too. At least I don't think so. I mean, when I was in high school, my aunt, my aunt was in her fifties, so that makes sense to me. Yeah, or she she was actually more like in her forties, so that that made a lot more sense to me than, oh hey, this seventy year old woman who looks like if you push her down the stairs, she's gonna be dead before she hits the third one. And plus, I just I I love looking at Marissa Tomei. I'm not even gonna lie. Okay, because I love looking at Tom Holland. Because okay, so the first film. When he talk, took off his shirt for like the first time. You you were all I about it, weren't you? Theater. You were all about it. I, sh- 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 maybe. But the point is, when he actually took when he actually took um his shirt off, it was like Dang boy. You ripped. You don't need a muscle t-shirt. And the thing is, he didn't look like overly bulky and, and jacked. You know, that like Toby McGuire, like they tried to make him look more jacked than anything else. Oh, yeah. And I like he isn't. Yeah, he was very natural looking. Yeah. It just looked so natural. And I like in the second movie the uh, the little love angle of Aunt May and Happy. I thought that was great. The are they dating? That aren't was they dating? funny. You know, then you you throw it. I love the fact that they also kind of teased the the Spidey sense, and they kept calling it the Peter Tingle. Peter Tingle. I thought that was funny. I thought that was great. And they they've been really clever, and they've had really good development all the way through. And at the same time, everything is still believable. Yeah. Like, I mean, one thing I do have to gripe about is that what was so charming and endearing about, like, the original Spider-Mans was this is this kid making his own suits and, like, making them classic and stuff, making them all his own, but now Tony's coming in. And gives him all this high-tech stuff and everything. And he doesn't even have natural webs or anything. Which, I mean... They kind of really don't... They kind of just gloss over how 
he got his powers. Because all I could think was, okay, so I know that he got a spider bite. But now that he has a spider bite, he can't shoot webs, like, naturally. He has to have web shooters, which is super lame, I think, in my opinion. But then, also, now he's getting, like, this high-tech suit and stuff, and it's, like, it's, like, this, it just seems like a second Iron Man. Well, I mean, in the comics, there was, when Spider-Man joined up with the Avengers and everything, you did have Tony give him, like, mm-hmm. the Iron uh, the iron Spider suit and things mm-hmm. like that, so... You know they they decided to take the liberty of going ahead and going ahead and pushing that direction, which makes sense with this being the Spider-Man movies that tie into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. To go ahead and go that route with Tony Stark, I thought having him, having Robert Downey Jr. and Tony Stark in those movies or in the first one, I thought that was really good. Because and you had and, and the entire time you still had Tony saying, you know, can't you just be a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man? Mm-hmm. I mean, he was still pushing him to just, you know, hey, go hone your skills, go be a kid, go do your thing in your in your neighborhood, and you know we'll handle the big stuff. Oh yeah. And you had the imp- the impatient teenager wanting to do the big stuff now, mm-hmm. and then you know he eventually gets brought along. He, you know, he forced himself along yeah. in Infinity War, and you see what happens. So, <laughs> I thought that was really clever. I thought Homecoming was. Can I just say, Homecoming, oh my gosh, I loved that movie. Yes. We, uh, this might just be me throwing it out there, but I think, for me anyway, it's my favorite movie out of all of them. Woo, that's a big statement. Because I just loved just you got the relationship between you saw this relationship growing between Tony and um Iron Man and there was there was a bunch of plot there were a bunch of like subplots but it just didn't seem rushed like, you know like in some movies like Marvel just like an information overload but this just I thought it just did perfectly of oh okay so this there's this kid he's 14 15 he's like discovering his powers there's, oh and there's this girl and now i really want to take on like the bigger stuff and everything and just one of the lines that really stuck with me was when he like came out of the when he was like if you really care you'll you'd actually be here and like he steps out and he's like like and and he's just like I wanted, I just wanted to be like you. And he's and then Tony tells him I wanted you to be better, and it was just like I don't know. It was just such an interesting well, yeah, we, dynamic. And it was just because because <sighs> you saw Tony moving more from being the you know the the center of the universe to really oh, fa- more. falling more into where mature. Fa- paternal role where he you know and that's what that's what most parents that's what parents see see their kids as they see their they see it as their chance to be better you're supposed to do better than me you're supposed to be better than me you're supposed to be more successful than me so that's what that's where tony was kind of going with with peter in that movie and i thought that was fair i thought that was very touching but it also 
you know, it, you know, when you look back after watching Endgame, you see it as okay, he was grooming somebody to not necessarily take his place, but you know, to be there when he's gone. Mm-hmm. And when you see Tony ultimately make the sacrifice and everything, it it tied that together and it, it made a whole lot of sense and it was really good. It was really well yeah, done. Yeah, that's what I I honestly thought Infinity War was so long and it just Yeah. Oh yeah, those movies were really I just long. Thought, and I'm glad they split it up into two, but dang. They split it up into two. But each movie is three hours long. Exactly. You're getting into Bro. the what six and seven of Harry Potter. Yeah, you're getting into that really long territory. But you know, the thing is, you can sit there and you can watch that, and you're thinking, yeah, three hours went by, but why do you know, I feel I, so empty? Those were, that was a very entertaining three hours. That's true. Now, what do I do? <laughs> now, what do I do? Now, the, the coolest part about Homecoming was the bad guy. I thought the bad guy in Homecoming was really See, that's good. another thing that I love. That was such an interesting thing of like, oh, here's this guy. He's not bad because of that. He's saying, hey, this is so unfair. I just lost my job because they decided I'm not good enough, essentially. It was just such an interesting like I just thought his character was good, and it would kind of show that, hey, you know, not all villains are just this, I'm bad because I want to. I'm bad because I'm bad. I'm I'm bad because, you know, I fall into the bad category because, oh, I, you know, I had my livelihood stripped away from me, so I decided to do something about it. Yeah. But the, the, the actor was i thought the casting of the actor was great michael keaton is oh yeah amazing and i loved how you had this new incarnation this young incarnation of this superhero going against the guy who was once batman yeah that was that was such an interesting dynamic honestly and it was so funny with Michael Keaton. He was saying, "Oh, the, the you know these guys in these superhero movies today—they've got it so easy. Mm. You know, they just wear this light suit, or they have, you know, the CGI suit going on." Me, no, I had to wear that rubber thing every day. I couldn't move in it. But hey, you see what they do now. You know, if they if these guys had to work in my day of superhero movies, you know, they wouldn't be able to cut it. I thought that was perfect. <laughs> That was an interesting thing. I mean, he is the guy who originated the line, I'm Batman. I know, yeah. I mean, back in the back in the sixties with Adam West, you didn't he didn't have to say he was Batman. Everybody knew he was Batman. Michael Keaton, though, owned that line. Yeah, it was like It was, I thought it was a well, it was a great movie and it was really well done, I thought. And I hope they bring him back for three. I hope they, I hope they bring him back for number three. No, he's in jail. I know. I'm hoping that he gets out and he's, oh gosh, they bring him back into the storyline. What about his daughter? Oh, bring the whole family back. No, there was such a, I want the love story between MJ and 
Tony. Well, you know you're going to have that because in all of Spider-Man, there's only been two. There's only been two women in, in Spider-Man's life: Gwen, Gwen Stacy. Stacy, and MJ. Yes. Yeah, and last I checked, the other girl was not Gwen Stacy. I know, but like, what was her name? She just seemed like a really. Oh, you're gonna oh uh, forgettable character. Exactly, yeah, that's exactly. I mean, she, she was wants. such a forgettable character that I don't even remember her name. I mean, her name could be Laura. I, I think her. I think the actress's name was Laura. Why does that sound right? No, I mean, like for the character, like that sounds like the character's name because I feel like that's the character's name. You could be wrong though. Oh, she was Liz. Liz. Yeah. The actress's name was Laura Harrier. The character's name was is uh Liz Allen. Mm. Goodness gracious. It was just I couldn't with one movie that I just couldn't with the original Hulk. Which one? Mm, the bad one. <laughs> okay, again, wh- which one? <laughs> now, are you talking the? the are you talking the, like two thousand two Hulk with Eric Bana? Or are we talking the one that fits in with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the two thousand and eight Incredible Hulk? Which one was it? Are are they both without Mark Ruffalo? Yes. Okay, because I saw one without Mark Ruffalo, and it started out as, like, for some reason, he was a little kid, and he got infected. It was him as a little kid. I saw a Hulk child. Huh. If that makes sense. <laughs> no. um, Just, I guess, both of them. Where he was running in a clear... Field. It was like okay. You're th- okay. You're thinking uh, Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton. Yeah, that's the one that ties in with the MCU. That was uh, that was the second movie released in the MCU, and it was you know it did not hold up to what they had set the ground with with Iron Man and Edward Norton. He is he's the type of actor that you just want to smack the ever loving crap out of when you're making a movie with him. Because he tries to take control over so many different facets of the of the production. And he's one of these method actors who gets in his own way. Uh, and they at that point the MCU was still very young, so they didn't exactly have a grasp on everything. And they did the best they could, but Hulk standalone standalone films have never been great. So you're just gonna you know with Hulk, keep him as part of a either like an ensemble cast or like in Thor Ragnarok, I thought that Hulk in that movie did really well. But a Hulk movie by itself, especially an origin story, we don't need to go down that road. And like, for me, it was, I, I, I Googled one of the times, like to see how much money they put into that movie. And they put millions of dollars into that movie. And I saw this post somewhere. I'm pretty sure it's on Tumblr. Um, and it was like, for the amount of money that they spent on Hulk 
on the Hulk movie, they could have probably made a real life Hulk. Probably. Yeah, they they put a lot like, of money into it for it to just fail. They put a lot of movie into a. <clears throat> they put a lot of movie into a. They put so much money into all these movies, and. I mean, well, now they're all basically guaranteed to make like, all of it and more and a whole lot more back. Oh, that's true. Like, isn't like the least profiting Marvel movie? It still makes more than DC yes. than a D like than what the most profiting DC. Oh yeah, movie. absolutely. Because I don't actually like DC that much. I mean, I've watched a couple of movies. I watched. Um, the latest Joker movie. I know that a lot of people liked it. Like, um, it's not something. It was okay. I, I don't think I would like see it again, but it was okay. Let's see here. To get, uh, I'm, I'm looking at the top 50 highest grossing superhero films, and this is on Wikipedia. To get to a DC okay. movie, you've got to go all the way down to number nine, Aquaman. Oof. Um, you have oh. Avengers Endgame, Infinity War, The Avengers, Age of Ultron, Black Panther. Uh, I'm not going to cl- count The Incredibles 2, Iron Man 3, Captain America Civil War, all ahead of Aquaman. And then you have Spider-Man Far From Home, Captain Marvel, The Dark Knight Rises, Joker, The Dark Knight, Spider-Man 3, Spider-Man Homecoming, uh, Batman v Superman, Mm. Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of DC entries on this one. Most Mm. of it is definitely Marvel or you have the odds like The Incredibles or Hancock, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja (laughs) Turtles. But then everything else is still, you know, Marvel for the most part. Now the dark. Now I will say, not a big fan of the DC movies, but the Dark Knight trilogy was awesome. Yeah, I've heard good things about it. Um, about the Dark Knight trilogies, the trilogy, and I know that a lot of people have very positive opinions about that. Even if they don't like that. So I have put that on my list and been like, you know, maybe I should give this a chance. Even though, like, honestly, I think DC movies are super dark. Like, not even, not metaphorically, like, they're physically dark. Well, see, the Dark Knight trilogy was supposed to be a dark trilogy. (laughs) In that particular version of the comic books, they went through Now, when you talk about Man of Steel and Batman no. versus Superman being dark, though like Superman is not supposed to be dark. Superman is supposed to be truth, justice, and the American way. He is supposed to be your all-American Boy Scout, uh, you know, who is mm-hmm. just all about doing good and doing the right thing. And to break him down and to make him this brooding a-hole, uh, you know, is to be in a in a but of course that's what you get when you have Zack Snyder at the helm. 
That's true. I mean, go look at what Zack Snyder has done throughout his career. Now, he did the Watchmen movie, which a lot of people don't like. A lot of people do like. I'm right in the middle. There are parts of it I like, parts of it I don't. But that was a gritty graphic novel, you know, superhero movie, which it fit the tone. It He just messed up the source material a lot. But Superman is not supposed to be dark. Superman is not supposed to just aimlessly destroy and kill people or even murder somebody by snapping their neck. Oh, I meant it was literally dark, as in I couldn't see the screen. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the filters on that he that he uses are also very annoying. It was just like I couldn't see anything, and I was like, "Do I really care that much?" Yeah, no. So I stopped watching it. I fell asleep during Man of Steel. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I fell asleep during Suicide Squad. I watched Suicide Squad because they said it. My parents were like, oh, my gosh, we should go see it. Just I don't know why we were bored. And then I ate popcorn and then immediately fell asleep because it was such a boring. Yeah, that was not good. It was not good at all. And I don't care what anybody says about Harley Quinn. Oh, my God, Harley Quinn. Everybody cosplaying as Harley Quinn right now from the Suicide Squad. Stop. Margot Robbie is so hot. Okay, she was hot in Wolf of Wall Street, but past that, I don't care. You know, Harley Quinn. But Harley Quinn and was she pretty hot? I I mean, she looked. I mean, don't get me wrong. Margot Robbie looked good. Uh, but but the Harley Quinn from the Batman animated series is what you know. That's where the character originated. That's where the character's from. And they didn't have her in that outfit. And the and Margot Robbie was trying too hard to do the accent, and she screwed it up a lot. Uh, it, it's a very hard accent to pull off. So you don't cast an Australian to do it. Cast somebody from New York, and you'll be able to get, get that going. Also, it just seemed like she was too overly sexualized. I know she's a sexy character and stuff, but it just was like okay, we understand. Oh yeah, they were they, they were trying to cash in on the se- uh, uh, on Margot Robbie being sexy as much as humanly possible. Mm. I, I mean, there it was straight sexual objectification in that movie for no real reason. Oh yeah. Yeah. It just seemed forced bad. Yeah. Yes, that too. What did you think of the Fantastic Four movies? Uh, let's see. The okay, now the first two that came out with Chris Evans as Johnny Storm, Jessica Alba as Sue Storm, and uh, Michael Chiklis as the thing, and I can't ever pronounce the other guys uh, as Reed Richards. Yeah, I thought they were fun, I thought they were enjoyable. Obviously, these were not Marvel movies. These were 20th Century Fox in association with. So 20th Century Fox is responsible for anything bad in them. But I thought, I, honestly, I thought they were enjoyable. I thought they were fine. The fa- the Fantastic Four movie that came out much later, terrible. Absolutely, un- <laughs> just completely unwatchable dreck. And the fact that I actually sat at home and watched it with my wife, we were both sitting there going, what did we just watch? 
why did we just watch this? We need to both just wash our eyes out with bleach. bleach exactly. Your eyes. And then we immediately went and found the very first Fantastic Four movie that came out in the two in the early two thousands and said, Now this we're okay with. It's bad when you watch a movie from 2015 and you look and you say, you know what? I like the 2002 version better. Yeah, that's true. And the same thing with the X-Men movies. I thought the very first X-Men movie was great. I thought the second one was okay. I thought the third one should have stopped while it was ahead. Uh, then when they rebooted it, they brought in this whole new cast. I thought the first one was 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 good. I thought the second one you know, was meh. The th uh, the the second one, they really just focused on. Hey, we need to figure out how to get Wolverine in here really, really bad because he's the only guy people really want to see. So they had that. I don't like Hugh Jackman objectively. I don't like him in movies. Really, not even as Wolverine. He was really no. I especially didn't like him as Wolverine. Objectively, I just don't like him. I mean, I have nothing against him, nothing scandalous about him. And I think I know that people really like him and I they think he's a good actor. But objectively, I just don't like him as an actor. Like, he was he was fine in Les Mis. He had an okay voice. He was fine in The Greatest Showman. And... I don't know. It just like now, I will say when he was first cast as Wolverine, oh, people went berserk over that because he was yeah, considered to be too pretty, too tall, and nobody, you know, nobody thought that this stage actor could really come out and be Wolverine. But over the decade, decade plus that he played that character, you recast him now, it's going to be really tough. I never understood that about how like people get so worked up about like um, different people casting like um. Not even from, like, the Marvel Universe. It's just, like, in general about how people freak out whenever... Because, for example, like, when people were talking about how Aegis Elba could have been James Bond. But now people are like, oh, my God, he... you They can't do that because he is... He's black. And it was like... First of all, he is... Also, James Bond is also um, a fictional character, yeah. <laughs> yeah. which I just didn't understand. I don't it have a problem like, with a black James Bond. I do have a problem with a female James Bond, which is what we're going to be getting. Yeah, Wait, the, the new James Bond movie uh, will feature a female 007. Okay, so there's a total difference between... People think that it's okay to make a male character and just change the pronouns. And I just can't stand it like, you know, Supergirl, Batgirl. And it's like, that's the same character. 
You just made them into a girl and Well, they did have out. those characters in comics too. Yeah, I know. I mean, at least they based it yeah. off of a different property. Now, if if there were no such thing as a Batgirl or a Supergirl, and then all of a sudden you say, "Hey, here's a new Batman movie," but oh, Batman's now a chick, there there would be a huge problem. Yeah. And it's all about this, you know. Uh, th- this might this might offend people. You can you can edit this out if you want. It, it's this whole. We gotta be diverse. We gotta, you know, you know, we gotta be nice to everyone. We gotta include everybody. You know, why why is it the patriarchal white heterosexual male? Why is he the one who gets all the good roles? No, we need to have strong women and we need to have good, you know, diversity in terms of African Americans. We gotta have all these other different people playing these roles. Okay. Write roles for them. Don't take existing properties and reboot them just to fit your agenda. Create something. How about that? I mean, I remember this superhero movie called Hancock with Will Smith. Last time I checked, Will Smith is black. I thought that superhero movie was pretty good. Wasn't the best. Wasn't terrible, but it wasn't. You know, but it was okay. Yeah, it was- I mean, I'll watch it and, and enjoy it. Uh, you know, create something new if you have a problem with what's already there. I, I don't see why we have to do all of these changes and you know force people to accept it. I, you know, create something new. Okay, so I am gonna have a slight rebuttal to that. Well, I totally agree to a certain extent about it. About you saying, hey, you know, if you really want that, make a new character. I agree. I totally agree. But, however. Okay, so James Bond being a woman, that's totally unreasonable, first of all. Because you can change certain things if they're not, like, specifically mentioned in the original, like, in the original story. And it never mentions what race um, James Bond is. But it does specifically mention that, yo, this character exactly. is a dude. Well, like I said, I have no problem but with a black James like Bond. People... But a woman? Yeah, sorry. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> okay, so I might cut out some parts of what you said because I understand your overall message, but I know that there's there will be there there will be backlash. Many oh, yeah. people who will disagree that you say when you say, "Oh, these people saying about the patriarchal white men society thingy," and I won't like specifically cut. You could say that in a different way because I feel like. People might attack you if they think... People get more defensive if they think that they're being under attack. Oh, yeah. You feel me? Yeah. That's it. That was all I was saying. And I completely understand. Um, I completely understand that. I think that, you know, the the biggest problem I'm having right now with with cinema and all, all of these movies and everything that are coming out, you know, they're... We have reboots and we have remakes, but where's the new stuff? Why do we have to go to the well? 
Well, it's. I know it, it's a Disney's the most oh, God, prone yes. to doing this, and it's a cop out. What? Why do you think they're doing it? Well, because with them, I, I think uh, when it comes to Disney, I think that it's safe to say they are out of ideas, which is why they're buying everybody else. When your when your latest idea is, hey, let's take all of our animated classics, you know, Cinderella, Little, Little Mermaid, Lion King, Jungle Book, uh, and let's let's just make them live action. Actually, it's interesting because I do understand that point, but also you have to look at it as well. Oh, do you think maybe that's like also even if it is for selfish reasons, do you think? Hey, this is kind of cool that they're introducing this like new generation into like these classic but you stories. Can put, you can watch the cartoon and it's just on as like good. a big screen. I I know that, but a bunch of those actors are dead, and if you give like recognizable actors and actresses like that brand, not brand, sorry, but like. It kind of makes it seem more relatable, you know. You're right. Absolutely, Beyonce makes everything better. I actually Thank hated you. the Lion King. I point exactly. <laughs> I hated the rendition of it. They were cute. God, it was be- it was a beautiful movie. I won't disagree with that, but. And I know that Beyonce has such an amazing voice, and I will never disagree with that, but, like, it was fine. It makes not... It doesn't make sense to... Re, it didn't make sense to read exactly. Like, with some of the movies, it makes sense, because there's humans in it. Yeah, but, I mean, for me... And I, and I guess this is just the the older generation, you know. Th- those are the movies that I grew up with. So you know, uh, Aladdin. Oh my God, Aladdin was was phenomenal. I, it was the, like the first time that they had done it without hand drawing it. It was you know just spectacular. And Robin Williams, God rest his soul, he is the genie. Will Smith, you know, I, you know. You know, no props to him, him for taking taking it on and try and doing his best, but no, he he did not measure up to Robin Williams. Now, if you wanted to and wait also, another twenty years to make that, when 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 people around my or, or, you know in my generation when we start dying off, by all means, remake all you want. Oh my god, that's you is know, so morbid. At that point, the 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 generation coming up, they won't even they won't know these movies. That's fine, but when you Take a movie from 1992 and say, you know what? We're going to make this Disney animated classic into a live action film. Sorry, you lost us. You, you've lost us already. We're not, we're not interested because we want to remember the fondness that we have that we had of it from when we were younger. We don't want to have our childhood ruined. Mm. Well, it's still made. Two hundred fourteen. But it could have made a lot more. That was only domestically. They made 
$508 million worldwide. And I bet you if they had done just a three a theatrical run of the original Disney animation uh, version, it probably would have grossed higher. <laughs> Maybe. But honestly, beyond everything, I was so psyched um, for the Milan movie. Okay. And I know that people were like, they don't like the actress or anything. But like beyond politics, beyond what's everything that's going on, can I just say that as a little kid, because I believe, I totally believe representation is so important. And Mulan was like, that was one of the first times that I'd ever seen someone who looked just like me. Because I'm, I'm, I'm from China. I was okay. originally born in China, China and stuff. And I'm now live in America because adoption. Anyway, um, this was like one of the first times that I saw someone who looked just like me on like a big screen and then like on film and it was like a badass character and it was like wow that's amazing and i just think like representation is so such an important value that i think not enough movies are doing and one thing that i don't i don't like about disney right now is like they're adding sort of i don't want to say feminist undertones because i don't know if that's politically correct but for lack of better words, feminist undertones to, like, every single movie. Like, for example, in Aladdin, when they gave a song that's, like, titled Speechless, I mean, sure. It was an, it's a great song. I'm not saying, like, the writers there at Disney are amazing, but it just didn't make sense. Like, it didn't follow the original storyline. But, like, Beauty and the Beast, I'm watching playing Belle and having, like, more of a feminist undertone. That made sense. Like, because that was a character, that was part of her core character, yeah. her original character. You know? I'm with you there. And I, and I, I agree with you that representation is, is important, but uh, make, make, it na make it natural. Yeah, because I feel like right now we're at this kind of thing where there's so many different conflicting sides of people being like, well, um, how dare you not do this? And then the other side's then, well, why are you taking this and making it something different? Well, I don't want you to do that. And it's just like people oh, are yeah, so divided, absolutely. I feel. Like. I, I mean, there's division on everything. You know, and for for me, uh, inclusion, yeah. representation, do do what you want, but do it because do it because it fits. Don't do it because you you feel like you have to satisfy a quota or you have to fulfill an agenda. Do it because it's the right. For me, when it came when it comes to casting actors and actresses, when it comes to filling out these rosters. Give it, give it to the people who des who are the best suited for it. Don't don't pass up the really good actor. Just, oh, we have to have this in here. You know. Well, thing 
one of the things, well, honestly, think about what. Remember when, like, the internet lost their shit because, um, the cat Disney's deciding to cast Ariel as African American. You know, if if that if the if the actress can sing, I don't care. She can sing and stuff. People I mean, just uh, have lost. Their I mean, that's the thing about because... the thing about comic book characters oh and the thing about anime animated characters is that okay, they may draw them a certain way at first, but that doesn't mean that you have to stick. You have to stick with that. I mean, the point the point of comic book superheroes was always that, regardless of who you are reading it, you could you know, you could be that person. I mean, obviously, you can't you know be the Hulk and you know and a lot of the a lot of the superpower things you're not gonna, you're never going to have but you could be that person who rises to the occasion and does good things regardless of your skin color regardless of any of your race your background whatever it, it was more about being that type of person than anything else and it was always left really fluid like that so people reading it, they could identify with those characters regardless of who they were. We, you don't have to make it agenda based I, and say, "Oh well, you know what? We've had enough of Robert Downey Jr., so we're going to cast Idris Elba to be the next Tony Stark." You could do that. I mean, th- think about this: in the comic, in the all of the Shield comic book movies featuring Nick Fury. Guess what, everybody? Nick Fury was white. In the Marvel, yes, Nick Wait, Fury what? was white. Now, tell me, does Samuel L. Jackson do a great Nick job as playing Nick Fury? God, and no, and you know there were there were a little bit of people. There was there were some people back in two thousand eight complaining about Samuel L. Jackson being Nick Fury, but those people quickly shut up when they saw. Okay, Samuel Jackson's good. How amazing! <laughs> yeah, he's he's great, and I totally. But in the comics, he was white. That's so interesting. I I so, actually never knew that. And and, and uh, um, you know, I, I knew that he was white, but I saw Samuel Jackson. And I said, "That's the guy. That is the guy. That's the guy right there." Exactly. What I mean, every badass. everything Samuel L. Jackson does for the most part, I'm on board with. I I don't care what it is. I totally agree. Um, we have sorry, just to 